Bell is the real estate agent. I gave him 50 bucks to let us shoot this story. There's his car. Where the hell is he? Anthony Smith, more commonly known as the Easter Ripper. The mere mention of his name sends shivers up the spines of parents across the country. What's up, everyone? This is Under 1000. We're your hosts, Jacob. And Sam. And today, we're looking at Murder House, a single-player horror throwback fusing 70s and 80s grindhouse themes with the equally horrifying interfaces and aesthetics of PSX horror games like Silent Hill and Resident Evil. You play the role of Emma, an intern with a local news crew who enters the former home of a bunny-suited killer that terrorized children with deadly Easter egg hunts eight years before. When crewmates start to vanish, Emma finds herself trapped in the house, forced to run, hide, fight, and solve puzzles, all while terrorized by a killer Easter bunny. The scariest part? The Easter Ripper has been dead for years. <laughs> so before we go any further, uh, Sam's going to cover a bit of background. Yeah, all right. Is this, this is what it's like to be you on these episodes in the passenger <laughs> seat. Just Will anyone notice? <laughs> All right, so yeah, you, you're taking the reins on this one because for once, uh, you were the one who was bitten by the insane bug of needing to know everything about every detail about this game instead of me, because usually I'm the one who's like, I found an obscure wikia that explains why this game uses this specific color. <laughs> if there was going to be a game that was going to suck me in to the point where I was considering contributing to the wiki pages, <laughs> uh, it was going to be this game. It was going to be a game that involved me almost shitting my pants over something that was in 480p <laughs> yeah yeah oh i actually have to do the background now okay so <clears throat> murder house was developed by indie horror developer puppet combo and released to steam and itch.io on uh, october 22nd 2020 currently sits at 827 reviews with an overwhelmingly positive review and uh, is well worth it at 11.99 um, Puppet Combo games have received some online recognition before as the subject of a ton of let's play style videos and the majority of development work is done by one guy named Ben. And the themes and aesthetics across the games are super consistent. Um, and I noticed in the Steam reviews, too, that, like, Puppet Combo is, like, a known quantity. Like, uh, oh, yeah. When you mentioned the Wikia, or, like, the Wiki pages, like, he has his own Wiki page for his, ty his games, and people are actively, like, editing them. Like, he he's a known quantity. Puppet Combo fans are Puppet Combo fans. And that's because... Ben at Puppet Combo and all the other people that help him with the games, they they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, and that's why Ben looks like if Cillian Murphy was raised uh, in, in an outside theater, a drive-in theater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, you're not uh, kidding. Yeah. Striking blue eyes. <laughs> I mean, it's really a compliment. We love your work, Ben. Yeah. Uh, oh, if for you sure. Uh, uh, yeah. So most public combo games are, of course, inspired by iconic horror films. And after playing Murder House, to prepare for this episode, I dove into a lot of them. So let me just read off some of these, uh, some of the games that I played. And some of them you can tell right away what they're inspired by. Uh, so I played Babysitter Bloodbath, nice. <laughs> which is inspired by, of course, John Carpenter's Halloween. Uh, Power Drill Massacre. 
which is loosely inspired by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> um, and Nun Massacre, which weirdly uh, seems like it was inspired by the 2018 movie The Nun. Um, not sure if it's a good movie. I've never seen it, but I will say that this game scared the living fuck out of me. <laughs> this, uh, I this mean, is the only this is the only game I've ever played where I screamed out loud at my computer <laughs> while I was playing it, and I was on Discord. I wasn't even alone. Yeah, because we were watching you stream it, and. Uh... Yeah, I think I think actually it being based on the nun and being the scariest game makes a lot of sense because the idea that the nun made it through several executives and multiple people in the decision making process to continue with the film is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that was the movie that had the controversy about jump scare YouTube ads. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So it's oh. got some influence. It's got some influence. <laughs> Clearly. Um. Yeah. So there are a handful of other um, puppet combo games, as well as a lot of kind of unfinished projects and games that have been partially developed or evolved into other things. And they have a fairly robust Patreon that a lot of people subscribe to, and you can play, you know, alphas of the games. And I think that Public Combo puts out a lot of ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, and Murder House is sort of their most finished game. Mm -hmm. um so while these other ones I, I think that they're definitely a step above you know being like streamer bait or like just being asset flipped right especially like watching games that are let's plays there's a lot of horror games that are just churned out really quickly no real hype for them nothing really happens afterwards they get a few million views on like a burlesy video or some streamer right right and then there's not really a whole lot of vision to them. They're just made for jump scares. And that's really not what was what is going on here. Yeah, Puppet Combo's games are well-crafted. Like, it's got his fingerprint on it. You know, you can yes, tell yes. when it's a Puppet Combo game. And um, it there's a lot of care taken in everything at every level, from the sound design to, you know, the dialogue to the filters on the camera yeah it's a real vision from someone who has a great understanding of what makes the genre work for its fans yes absolutely so like i said murder house is sort of the evolution of this uh it's the most finished one it has you know save game functions in it it has cutscenes. it has voice acting um, and all these things that kind of bring it up to be i think a little bit more playable uh for most gamers than all these other ones i played so yeah. let's get into the features on Steam. We'll cover all of them. Yeah, okay. So from Steam, the features include experience the terror of being stalked by a deranged serial killer, cinematic camera and tank controls. Uh, we'll talk about that more later. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. PS1 style low poly graphics. And one thing that I loved here is that in a lot of cases, especially on your health bar and status screen, uh, Puppet Combo uses like photorealistic images yeah <laughs> which is hilarious um including the uh vhs tape style art for the menu screens and each of the games promotional art and stuff yes um we've got retro synth soundtrack which is perfect uh especially for this game in particular um an 80s b-movie slasher plot in more ways than one multiple camera modes gore and bloody murders a lot of those uh and it's fully voice acted uh i will say that the voice acting is again true to ps1 style games in that all of the characters sound like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they definitely do. They it's sound like, like they're playing the Styrofoam Cup telephone game. Yeah, exactly. It's like, gee willikers, mister, I don't like anchovies on my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they sound like. Um, so let's talk through Murder House itself. Um, yeah, so set the scene for me. Yeah, so at the very beginning of the game, you play through a 
really creepy prologue uh playing the role of justin uh a kid who's in the mall for an easter photo shoot and then he falls asleep in a photo booth and wakes up after the mall is closed uh and he's afraid both because this is creepy and because his parents don't love him um (laughs) yeah that's a that's a big plot hole but yeah yeah you know whatever it's an 80s slasher movie the plot holes you just accept it that is true yeah they're part of the Um, structure Yes. Uh, so the prologue introduces players to navigating with the dolly cam in kind of an open and more forgiving area uh, since he's inside of a mall, which also really sets an 80 stone because he's in a mall. Yeah, and it's like a really creepy liminal space. So the dolly cam. <laughs> I'm just going to giggle about dolly cam for a second. <laughs> so for anyone who hasn't played Silent Hill or the original Resident Evil, um, the dolly cam, also called tank controls, correct? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's what is, that refers to, yeah. Is a style of camera controls where there are fixed camera angles throughout a space. And you control your character and your controls are always relative to your character's body. So you might be looking at your character from like the top corner of a room. But when you press W or the forward arrow, your character moves forward relative to them. Yes. Um. That's a good explanation. I was actually struggling to think of a way to explain that, but nice. The I thought about it a lot. Uh, <laughs> the effect of it is that it's um, really clunky in a really deliberate way, uh, and it makes navigating through the space extremely freaky because you can't get away from stuff as fast as you could in like a first-person shooter, and because it forces you to see things that are chasing you and that kind of thing. That's exactly what I was about to say, is it forces you to stare from a very, like, intentional angle at the room you're in, no matter what's happening. Right, and it makes it feel like a movie as well, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. Totally. The intro to the game also introduces this game's 80s synth horror soundtrack that is, like you said, spectacular. It's, like, kind of like Dark Wave, but it's less driving beats. It's like a little bit too creepy to be like one of Elon Musk's kids lullabies, but it's like almost <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like a, a bit more eerie ambiance. And then that's mixed in with some somber looping, like melancholy piano tunes in certain parts, like in your safe area. And that's like very Silent Hill vibes. Yeah, it does the very old school game trope of like, I, well... I was going to say that it, it lets you know via the music when you're in a safe area, but there's only one safe area. So. <laughs> and there are also a variety of visual effects or filters that you can select from uh, that will make it look like you're watching a VHS tape, which really fits the found footage aesthetic if you're into that. Uh, it can make it look like a projector screen, a more broken VHS tape, uh, <laughs> a PSX game, and I think that there are some few, a few other options. Yeah, there's like 18 millimeter or 16 millimeter or whatever uh, film. Um, Yeah, so you can adjust it to whatever aesthetic that you like. So once you've completed the prologue in the mall, which can be varying lengths depending on how successful you are. (laughs) Oh yeah, if uh, you're me, then you just stumble through it and die at the first sign of danger. I think that I got through the whole thing and then I got an achievement that was insinuating I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you got that too. Oh, no, no, no. I definitely died immediately. You don't even get the achievement if you die quickly. Yeah, no. So once you've completed the prologue, uh, you take over as Emma, the intern of the group, and kind of the gopher. She's running around running errands and is kind of like, uh, let's say if it were a cast system, the bottom would be just Emma by herself. Um, and, uh, so the whole group is, is, is obviously filming in the Easter Rippers abandoned former home. 
things quickly start to go wrong as crewmates vanish uh, and you find yourself locked inside uh, sort of in this cat and mouse game. And the primary mechanics are navigating the house to try to find tools, objects, weapons, and keys to sort of open up new areas of the house with the ultimate goal of escaping. (laughs) And I put this in just to trigger you, but it's honestly a little like Monkey Island. (laughs) (laughs) I... (sighs) It is a little bit like Monkey Island. (laughs) Yeah, and all the while, or actually sort of towards, you know, it gives you a little bit of a ramp up, but then the Easter Ripper is also wandering the house uh, looking for you. This plays a little bit like Alien Isolation, which is one of my favorite horror games, in that it's procedural. Uh, The Easter Ripper does sort of appear and disappear periodically, and you can sort of listen for these hallmarks like footsteps, breathing, um, and if you catch it quick enough, you can try and hide. Otherwise, you sort of just have to run until you lose him or turn and fight to try and, uh, you know, fight him off. Although I didn't have a whole lot of success with that. I shot him in the chest one time and he ran away. Oh, nice. All right. I died shortly afterwards, so it didn't actually affect my progress in the game. (laughs) But I did do it. Okay, so we know it's possible. And those moments of panic are where the PSX mechanics shine. Those tank controls, the dolly camera angles. It's, I mean... Something as simple as like a chair in the middle of the room is terrifying when you've got a you've got a fixed camera angle on it and you're trying to tank control your way around it to put space between you and the Easter Ripper. And so you're terrified to fuck up the running away process. There's tension because the weapons are very clunky in the in the vein of Resident Evil. And a lot of the game is also about taking note of what you've seen. So being forced to run through the house at that pace can really turn you around um, because you're looking for, you know, locks that look like a certain key, holes in spaces, uh, things that can be moved to help out with that objects are marked with kind of a glimmer to help you locate stuff um but again that's sort of the gameplay loop right you're you're looking around for these sort of key items trying to figure out where they fit into and all the while you're being stalked so you never know when your progress is going to be interrupted by uh, a grown man wearing an easter rabbit suit uh, <laughs> holding an easter bunny we can go with Easter rabbit. <laughs> I feel like in this case... He's an, he's an adult. Easter, yeah. He's an Easter <laughs> rabbit chasing you with a knife. Yeah, we're uh, going to say he's a rabbit because of the way that um, when he catches you, he cuts your head off with a sickle. So I think that, that makes him a rabbit. Yeah, that... Yep, definitely. But I think that this is like really... This movement and what you said about the chair and the fact that you have to notice these things as you're running around, it's like really the antidote for what we saw in a lot of the 2000s after PSX games, like moving into PS2 and original Xbox horror games, where games were, like Doom 3 wasn't scary, right? Because you're just like a super soldier. And this is the antidote to that. I'm not afraid of this because I can get away quickly. And it's also, I think some games try to counter that by just making you move really slowly, like in Mm -hmm. Resident Evil 7, where you're just crawling along all the time. Yep. This is much more tense as you try to navigate things and as you try to pull off, uh, you know, when I was watching Let's Plays, uh, you know, Berlizzi's Let's Play of this is just him screaming smooth juke move for 40 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so that's that kind of gives you an idea. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think it's nice because the comparison I made to Alien Isolation, that game kind of falls off for me. Spoiler alert for this game, although it's it's kind of not a spoiler, but I'm, I'm just putting this in, you know, for to be polite. But eventually you get some pretty strong weapons and the game kind of becomes like it's kind of trivial if you have the right resources to just like 
tell the alien to fuck off. And that's when the game kind of loses its pacing because the whole game and horror in general shines when you are helpless. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so in the midst of the house, um, there's one place that acts as your sort of like safe haven, and that's a safe room under the stairs, Harry Potter style. Um, There's a journal in there where you can use a pencil, a consumable item, to update your save file. Um, and that's an interesting balance sort of between, I guess you were telling me that most puppet combo games, you, if you, if you lose, they just close out, you're done. Right. Right. And anyone who's watched a let's play or played through a puppet combo game knows that most playthroughs end in sort of an abrupt ending where the game just closes when you lose. And so I think having the consumable pencil system is the right balance between it being like so low stakes because you could just like if you could quick save or anything like that at any time yeah um and public combo's previous games where you could get two hours in and you've almost beaten oh maybe not two hours you could get 45 minutes in (laughs) and you've almost (laughs) beaten nun massacre and then you get cheap shot or you get killed you know and and you've lost all of your progress and then you're at that point there's very little motivation to boot the game back up that's sort of the risk you run if you if you use that style of play right and that's not really a criticism to the old puppet combo games because it's all a matter of indie game economics i think it's it's a matter of not being a criticism because you're physically incapable of criticizing puppet combo games at this I'm point. I'm not physically in, incapable of criticizing puppet combo games. I have some critiques. We'll get to the level of polish and we'll talk about them. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> there are some. I mean, I was it was like pulling teeth, but I got it. <laughs> All right. So, obviously we've talked a lot about the sound design. We don't need to jerk it off anymore. Um, it's really tense. The music is really anxiety-inducing. The voice acting is funny, but it's period correct. Mm-hmm. There are really great sound details. Like when you go through a door, it has this PSX animation where it the screen's black and then you see like just a door open and then it loads the next room. And when that happens, it plays like the CD-ROM spin load sound like you would hear on your PS2 when it's loading or your PSX when it's loading something, uh, which is just a cool little detail and, and makes it feel more period correct. Yeah, for sure. The graphics, the overall graphic style, the game engine mixed with the filters and the period correct interaction text and um, period correct awkward menu screens, uh, fonts, all that kind of stuff works really well together. Um this doesn't really sound like I have any criticism for it, does it? No, so far I haven't heard any critiques. Although I, I will I will admit that when it comes to the sound and the graphics and interface, like Public Combo is doing something very intentional, right? Uh, creating PSX-style horror games, and it's entirely successful at emulating that. Uh, there are no critiques as far as I'm concerned when it comes to, you know, having that vision and executing it. Oh, here's one. <laughs> My This is more of a technical criticism. I think that you're totally right. I think... One thing that I did find was that with the filters and effects, sometimes it can cause UI problems depending mm-hmm. on like what monitor you're using, what resolution you're playing at, that kind of thing. Um, when I first started playing, not all of the glimmers on items would show up. Okay. And so it makes something that like, admittedly, searching for items in the house can get a little bit tedious at times. Uh, and like it made that that much more difficult. Yeah. So I would double check that when you play the game. Uh, it can also make the text just, like, be completely unreadable. So, <laughs> yeah, I did notice okay. that, too. <laughs> yeah, so make adjustments as you need to. Yeah. There is an option, while we're talking about adjustments, to play the game in first-person mode. Yuck. 
<laughs> I'm glad that you said it so I didn't have to. I mean, <laughs> play games however makes you happy, you know? I'm... No, okay, so <laughs> I struggle with this because, like, I, there shouldn't be an easy mode on Dark Souls. And when Sekiro has that little pop-up at the beginning that's like, look, I know you don't know Japanese. But just put on English subtitles because the game's supposed to be in Japanese. Like, I, I appreciate that because, again, there's a vision. Like, I, I can understand for accessibility reasons, absolutely having concessions made and options available for the people who want or need them. But as far as changing the whole gameplay style of this game because you can't learn the tank controls, like, that's kind of lame. All right. I'm going to take off my podcast reviewer hat and I'm going to put on my gamer hat and I'm going to say you have to play with tag controls or else you're a little bitch, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) It just when you play with the first person mode, you you get a completely different game. And honestly, the game that you get is not very good. The tank controls really make it because this game is all about aesthetics. So just play it with the tank controls and don't be the absolute bottom feeders of the gaming world who go on Steam and leave a review and say like, I didn't like the controls of this game, even though Ben put a warning in the description that says, this game has tag controls. (laughs) Yes, exactly, yeah. And I think think this is a great lead into talking about the house in general, right? Games called Murder House, the the prologue takes place in the mall, but most of the gameplay is going to be taking place in this giant house, right? The former home of the Easter Ripper. And it's very clear that the dolly cam camera angles were placed in very specific areas to make this house effective, you know? So if you play it in the FPS mode, you're undoing all of that work. And also we should talk about the house in general, because that is, it's such a great and well-executed setting from the decor to the different levels. I think there's three or four stories to it, you know, and having the house be, this contained single area for the entire game, I think was risky, you know? It's definitely risky. Because you're doing a lot of retracing your steps and opening up new areas, but those new areas are so exciting and so varied even within the same house and sort of how each have these like one-off kind of like, not gimmicks, but mechanics to them that, um, I, I don't know, I thought it was a really effective setting. And I, I think it would have been a shame not to mention that as well. Yeah, as it... As you progress through the game, the house expands, right? So you have more room to get chased in, Mm -hmm. more room to navigate with these tank controls, more room to try and memorize. But like you said, you do get something in each uh, area that sometimes is comforting and sometimes is horrifying and is always a puzzle. Um, And the way that it's set up is really keeps you yearning to get outside of it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that brings us to the climax of the game when you are trying to escape the house. And I believe that this is where you had some criticisms. Uh, yes. Um, I think that... I think that this game makes a mistake that a lot of horror games make in that there is an expectation... It thinks it needs a final boss. I was going to say, yeah, exactly. It, 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 uh, a lot of horror games because their games in general are stuck on this conceit that you need to have some some kind of final confrontation to have catharsis or to have like a good ending you know and i mean if we're talking about him emu- ben emulating a psx game then that's probably accurate because a lot of games fall into that trap 
But I think that there are maybe other options for conclusions and for climaxes that could be explored outside of all of a sudden having a combat focused or, you know, more confrontational portion of the game at the very end. When the rest of the game has not been about that. And honestly, that's like not where the game shines. I'm going to agree that the um, final confrontation I pretty much could have done without. Yeah. Um, but it does go quickly, and it leads into a very campy but fun ending and some like metagame stuff that really helps to to make the murder house universe yeah i think I think when I was playing this game, I had a lot of criticisms um about the story and about some elements of the game, and you were like just 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 give it a give it to the end. <laughs> and you were right, honestly. Like the like I still have some complaints and I can't get into them without really spoiling anything. Game is overall fantastic. I, I want to underline that. But um a lot of it is justified by uh some things that happen right at the end. Fair enough. So with that criticism, let's get into what Steam users had to say about it. I I know that was hard for you. <laughs> I love this game, man. I'm just, I'm just glad someone's doing this. You know, this is this is what I live for. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I think we mentioned this, you know, in passing up 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 at the top of the episode. But um, you and I also played through Night Watch, which is another one of Puppy Combo's games. Um, and that one was also like a great. I mean, it was much shorter, but it was also just a great horror experience. Puppy Combo's really good at this. But back to what Steam users had to say about it. All right, so I have a review from um robo egg gaming okay and robo egg gaming said this game disturbed me so much i got nauseous anyway you should play it (laughs) and that's that's a funny and positive review i also wanted to know about robo egg gaming's reviews that he received a smiley response to his review from a user named jabba the nut (laughs) (laughs) dude people are out here what was it last episode we had napoleon blown apart god people are just I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. They'll never talk. They'll, they'll never top walking, talking Stephen Hawking. <laughs> I don't even know if that Steam account's still active. So, well, all right. I've got a less exciting name, but a pretty good review from root underscore underscore. Uh, this game cost me fifty dollars and seventy eight cents. Ten seventy nine for the game and thirty nine ninety nine for a new pair of pants. <laughs> That's pretty fair. Yep. Um, I have a review from Squid who said there was a murder in the house. <laughs> That's, yeah. We talk a lot about on this podcast about games, um, about expectations. <laughs> and to say that a game fulfilled the expectations is a positive review. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that it was a murder house. <laughs> it it w- there were many murders in the house. I hope that's not a spoiler. <laughs> there were no less than seven murders in the house. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, so for my, I've got from some uh, outside from, the house. <laughs> yes, in and around the house, murder, <laughs> murder, uh, murder premises. Mur- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, and then I've got from uh, from Doom Guy. I've got half the game is just turning your character around. Um, it's a positive review, and Doom Guy has two hundred and twenty nine point two hours on record. Uh, so- this game. Is like four it's like hours three, long, three and a half hours long. <laughs> so this he's, he's played the game fifty times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what Doom guy's up to. I hope he's okay. But 
That's that was a weird one. Doom guy's living in 2045. He's got like fucking <laughs> RuneScape bots on Murder House playing through it just to like bring the vibes into his home. All right, and it looks like you have one more from uh, NTT Knackertash. I do, yeah, and I knew you would like this one. Um, it's crazy how a team with this budget, a team being one person named Ben, uh, can he make had a some game. help. He had some help. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to sell short the people that helped him out. But how a team with this budget can make a game that's so much better than Outlast Two. We're gonna go back to Avery Attorney on this one. I'm gonna plead the fifth. I'm not. I'm gonna say that I didn't make it through Outlast Two. Outlast One was brilliant. Um, Outlast Two felt like it was trying too hard. So maybe a hot take, but that's that's you know that's what you come here for. That's what you're listening for. I didn't make it through either. Okay, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so in summary, if you are into grindhouse horror, if you are into uh, really low-budget, grisly, spooky things, if you're not a big fan of Easter, if you're yearning for a <laughs> PSX horror experience, definitely play Murder House. Um, if you want a scary-ass game for your Let's Play, definitely play Murder House. And also Perfect check game. out... All, yeah, also check out Nun Massacre. And you can find all the puppet puppet combo games i believe on their website at puppetcombo.com like i said they also have a patreon if you want to play alphas we don't have an affiliation with them i just love their games um our caveat to this is if you're not into very graphic horror uh, i would give this a pass for gore and for there are some really intense horror subjects in this game um all right, so let, what do you say we go out on some of this sweet 80s dark wave music? <laughs> yeah, sure, that sounds great. I, uh, I definitely need to just give myself, put myself in the mood for going to sleep three beers in and wanting to have nightmares, so this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, nothing helps me sleep like some anxiety. <laughs> All right, you can cut that too. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to leave that in now. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, this is you. You got. You got to take the reins and, and say uh, thanks for listening. This is another. Thanks for listening. You know. You got to do all that. Oh, oh my god. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Under One Thousand. You can check us out on Twitter at. And be sure to <laughs> check out our Patreon at. If you feel like we deserve money for this bullshit, thank you. You bastard! You didn't know this, so you're leaving me to do it in post. <laughs> All right, you ready to stop the recording? <laughs> yeah, it sounds good.